The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This this will be nothing but shenanigans. I assure you that. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, just imagine, too, once I get the practice in with it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> hearing that live next weekend can't wait oh that dick oh that that'll get the heart pumping that's all i'm gonna say about that so welcome back to another episode of wisco fanatics friday night episode first one of the regular season we have simon we have bryant we have myself and we have tyler um so the captains were announced today for 2022 season and they are aaron Rodgers, not a shock aaron jones mercedes lewis Devondre Campbell, Kenny Clark, and Adrian Amos. So, Bryant, I'm going to let you go first this week. What do you think about that? You think that's a good list? Yeah, I do think it's a good list. Obviously, you know, Ja had his comments today, so I'm sure all the other fan bases will make something big about that. But um, Mm -hmm. Amos has been the heart of our defense for the last three years, or one of them. Um, Campbell earned it last year, and uh, Clark, obviously, been the heart of that line. So I like how it's like one per level, essentially. Same with on the offense. So, obviously, Aaron Rodgers is always going to be a captain. So, I love Mercedes Lewis because uh, just what he brings to the team. Like, it's he's not really here because of his ability on the field anymore aside from blocking. He's really, like, they have – he's such a good locker room presence. That's why he's on this team. So, he yes, definitely sir. deserves to be a captain. Simon, what do you think, buddy? No, I couldn't have said anything better myself. I literally yeah. have nothing to add. <laughs> Yeah, Rodgers is always a shoe-in. We know that. Um, The way that Aaron Jones and Mercedes Lewis carry themselves off the field, obviously that respect, you know, goes into the locker room as well. Uh, They're veterans. Like you said about Campbell, the guy's just a leader. He's the man in the middle. And if you want that respect, he has to be a captain. Kenny Clark is just an underrated beast in the NFL. I think people are catching on, you know, year after year, more and more. Like he's getting more respect. People are talking about him more in the media. But I still don't think he gets talked about enough. And then Adrian Amos. I mean, that guy's just a straight-up stud, also underrated. Um, Tyler, what do you think, man? Well, when you when you were talking about um, – when Brian was talking about Mercedes Lewis, the other thing that I was thinking, too, is that he's basically a coach on the field. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of those guys for sure, for sure. Oh. Back to what you said about Kenny Clark if, uh, on the Pat McAfee show, I think, last week. Aaron Rodgers talked about Kenny Clark being, like, top three in his position, but he's underappreciated. I believe his were, were his words. So, yeah, oh, he's I definitely under, underappreciated. So, 
Yeah, think of all the talent on this team from all different levels, man. I mean, after last night, if I hear another argument for Jalen Ramsey over Jair Alexander, I think I'm gonna go freaking crazy. Like I shut up, bitch. Exactly. <laughs> he got absolutely. That's the first one. The first one ever from the soundboard. You was correctly on Jalen Ramsey. Um, right on cue. Yeah, he he was he was absolutely. Stop crazy. it. Get some help. <laughs> Some safety help, maybe, because he's getting freaking dog walked the last couple games, man. Uh, not yeah. just the Super Bowl, a couple games. I mean, look at him in that Buccaneers game, too. He thought that Tom Brady threw his last touchdown against him. So, could happen again. And I went, and I actually hope it does against Jalen Ramsey. That would be hilarious. I want to know what happened on that Diggs touchdown because it looked like he was just strolling like behind him. And it was like just, a quick turnaround. I like, yeah, I don't think weird. he expected the ball. And then. I was wondering if there was like a safety that wasn't there, it's supposed to be there, or what? I don't oh, know. Oh, that one, yeah. It, it looks like Jalen might have got figured out over these last six games, man. And maybe his hips don't turn as good yeah. as they used to. Maybe he, got, he just got caught peeking. I don't know. Yeah. You gotta rewatch it. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to rewatch that too. I'd like to rewatch the Rams offensive line get ran over for 60 minutes again. That was, that was fun to watch. Dude, I, I saw something that said Von Miller had a 47% pass rush win rate last night. That is like how, that's so nasty. You know, they have a bu- bunch of injuries now on the line, too. Yeah. Who the heck it's, is I that don't want... tackle that had a bunch of sacks for the Bills last night? Uh, 97 or whatever his name was. I don't remember his name, but he had, he had a bunch of sacks. And after one of the sacks, there was three Rams offensive linemen basically just hugging each other on the ground. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably what you wanted from Matthew Stafford with a broken elbow, you know? <laughs> <laughs> His elbow's good, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, what about, it, lo- it looks real good on that Higby route, you know? Uh, Dude, what about that stiff arm by Josh Allen? That was awesome. Dude. That was nasty, man. He, I'm calling it now. He won the angry run of the week. For If you watch the NFL oh, yeah. Network, oh, he's going to win angry run of the week. So. Cup, Cup's toe tap was disgusting. Oh, that was, that was so yeah. gross, that was man. Yeah. Cooper Cup is a bad yeah. boy, man. I'm just going to yeah. say that. If he has a really, really good year and Devontae doesn't do what he's supposed to out in Oakland with all that talent around him, I could see Cooper. I would actually respect people saying Cooper Cup is the best receiver in the league. The guy's probably going to have 10 catches a game. Wouldn't shock me. He had, what, 12 last night? Yeah, on like 16 15, targets 15 or something targets, like that. Something yeah, like that. 15, 16, yeah. yeah. that was gross. Yeah, the guy's Jeez. just going to get targeted. He's going to live in the slot, so he's getting matchups with wider with uh, linebackers and you know slot corners all day. When slot corners are usually small, and he's a great route runner, he can run yeah. you know uh, flag routes. He can run you know any route really. He's just a monster. And after the catch, he might be the best he, in the game. Dude, he finds some good spots in zones too. If you watch him play zone he's versus a beast, zone, man. yeah, he's a beast. All right, we should talk about the Packers now. I was going to say before before we jump into the Packers Vikings preview, I want to bring up. Um, Aaron Rodgers being on the Pat McAfee show last week and what he was saying, um, talking about the young wide receivers. So Rodgers talked about having sort of a coach's role with the young wide receivers, kind of coaching them up, bringing them along. Uh, he gave tons of credit for Romeo Dubs for his uh, for his humility. And he said the Packers have never had a wide receiver like Watson with his size, speed, and stride length. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was Rogers. Um, Rogers was talking about holding them to a higher standard than normal uh, regular rookies, and he said Watson and Dobbs are constantly asking questions. So I mean, basically every good thing you could want a veteran saying about young rookies. Um, Rogers was saying about Dobbs and Watson. Nope, he's a terrible teammate, and he's a selfish asshole, and he hates his family, and he, you know, it loves the Antichrist. 
Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that kind of surprised me when I listened to him was that he he called uh, Christian Watson and he said we might have to name him the baby giraffe, which is for me, it's like if you know Aaron Rodgers and his nicknames he gives people and everything, like that's like a huge like to me that means he, maybe we're sleeping a little bit on Christian Watson and what Aaron Rodgers thinks he can do in this offense because we haven't had a we haven't got to see him, right? He's only been in um he's only been in practice. He hasn't been on the game yet. And now he's off the injury report. So, and with Lazard likely not playing, we're going to see him. He might, he might only have a package in there, but I'm pretty excited. And the fact that he's like giving him nicknames stuff already, I think, you know, that that's not, doesn't seem like somebody that has no interest in helping him um, grow in his career. I think Aaron Rodgers might be pretty excited about having a weapon like that. Okay. Let me just bring this up real quick because this is bothering me. Okay. Um, so back when Rogers was talking about the rookies making mistakes in practice, when we had the joint practice with the saints, the media immediately jumped on that. Right. And they were just like, Oh, Rogers is an asshole. That's not how you, you raise young receivers. And now that he's, you know, praising them and building them up, you know, sometimes you have to knock shit down and rebuild it instead of just let it stay where it is and then build it up and you have a shitty, you know, foundation. So why haven't I heard anybody from the media talk about Rogers saying good, positive things about the receivers? But immediately when he says something negative, they want to jump on that. That just doesn't make sense to me. And that's the that's, garbage that's, that ESPN and Fox negativity sells. You're, yeah, you're, you're picking and choosing your, your narrative. Yeah. You're picking you and choosing. You have to have that clickbait. We all know but some they, of them that have that clickbait. Yeah. They always yeah. make Rodgers evil for some reason. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. That's clickbait. He has his own opinions about things. Yeah. That shit was bothering me. That's all I'm going to say. All right, Brian, go ahead and give us the Packers versus Vikings injury report. I'll say so. Okay, so some pretty good news is the fact that Mason Crosby, uh, Jake Hansen was on there, um, Dallin Levitt, Mercedes Lewis is obviously his veteran rest, um, Josh Nyman, Darnell Savage, Robert Tunyon, and Christian Watson were all removed from the injury report, meaning they're they're ready to go, no status, they're going to be playing. Um, and then doubtful is Lazard. So uh, if you know anything about the Packers, doubtful he ain't going. Like uh, once, once he didn't practice today, it was pretty much set in stone that he wasn't going. Cause if you listen to the floor yesterday, he said that if he has to show us that he can do it, I don't, hopefully this isn't a long-term thing. It sounds like, Bro, I guess sure got not having a good time. <laughs> it sounds like he got, stepped on by, yeah. Yeah. he got stepped on by a defensive lineman. Um, so it's probably Jonathan Ford, like the seven foot, nine yeah. foot tall person, like 800 <laughs> pounds or something. But hopefully he'll be good next week. It sounds like he's been running on the sidelines and stuff, and so it's just precautionary. Um, so the big one is David Bakhtiari. Uh, Elton Jenkins practicing again today. He's still questionable. We'll see. Uh, media seems to have made a big thing about um, the fact that they're playing on turf. But when LaFleur was asked about it, he said that's not in consideration. But for whatever reason, it's a narrative. And then Bakhtiari didn't practice today. He was on the bike. For me, if he had a setback, he wouldn't have been on the bike. Now, LaFleur, like, when someone asked him about it, he just said yes. We knew we were joking about it before he hit the conference that we're not going to get anything from it. However, (laughs) if you listen to it at the end, someone asked him if David had shown enough to get out and play, and he said he believes he has him with his experience and he's looked good moving. So I think it's possible. Normally during a practice week, they're going to have their heavier practices, you know, on Wednesday, Thursday, take it later Mm -hmm. on Friday. So it's very possible, like, hey, we like what we've seen. I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic here. It's possible they said, we like what we've seen the first two days. Let's settle him down for Friday and so we can push him in this weekend. It's possible he doesn't play, but the fact that they're both questionable means it's like a 50-50 chance, right? So if there was a setback or something, I think that unless they were trying to, you know, a little bit of gamemanship with the Vikings, 
um, you would think that they would have put him as doubtful. But I, they, I think if he doesn't play this week, they're both very close. Um, the only real injury for, for the Vikings are two questionables is Lewis Seen, their, their rookie. Um, so Safety. he went from not listed to limited practice to did not practice. So I'd be very surprised if he played. And the other one is Jonathan Bullard, who's their starting uh, right defensive end in their new uh, 3-4. So he's been limited, but he fully practiced today, so he'll probably play. Okay. So, um, But for us, it's pretty much Lazard, and we'll see. If we can get one of Elton or um, Bakhtiari on the field, I think that'd be, that'd be huge massive. for us this week. Yeah. I'll just say, um, even back to high school when I used to play, um, even you know during the beginning of the week, that's when you went hard. And then we'd always have a shells day. So you're in a helmet and pads and shorts. And that was kind of a walkthrough day the day before a game. So Thursdays was always shells day. So I always love Thursdays because we didn't do shit. We got to be there, fuck around for two and a half hours, you know? Yeah. Oh, before so we move that on. could be what they do with Bakhtiari. I'm so sick of the Bakhtiari narrative. Everyone's always oh, been oh, out yeah. for two and a half years. I'm si- like, if that's you, just stop. He hasn't. Okay? He <laughs> has not. Look at the timeline. It's been a lot of days, yes. But that's because he got injured, what, week 16 or week 70 practice before the playoffs. He got, so he got he injured literally on ago. New Year's Eve yeah, of yeah. 2020. Exactly. So he missed those playoffs, obviously. And he missed the entire next year because he had a setback. People that are 300-plus pounds, it's not like way out of the norm for them to miss yeah. a normal, a full season of games when they tater to the ACL. The dude had setbacks. Stop acting like he hasn't played in two and a half years and that we should cut him. For one, if you say we should cut him, you're an idiot because the cap hit on us would be <laughs> astronomical and there's nothing to gain. How stupid would it be if we cut him Took a twenty-two million dollar cap hit, and three weeks later, he's playing for the freaking Bears. How dumb would or you feel? Buccaneers. And dominating. Yeah, and dominating. exactly. So if he even comes back at eighty percent, he's still a top ten left tackle in the NFL. Oh, hundred percent. We have nothing yep. to gain by cutting him right now. And quite frankly, next year, if you look at the cap structure, it's probably not happening next year either. Like no. Before the season, the only time it could happen is after June first. You'd save seventeen million, but you're still taking an eleven million cap hit for the. 2023 and 11 million for 2024. They're not cutting them. Just stop. At that point, get just some help. Keep the 11 million and keep stock. Yeah. Some- Bro, <laughs> Bro the, the, the like, only time it, it's it's plausible to cut Bakhtiari oh, is when so Rodgers is not on the team. They literally so drive to practice together every day. It's going to be he's great when the- loving, loving 69, right? Exactly. It's going to be great when he's back on the field and everyone's going to act like they, oh, we love him, but act like they weren't saying for the last year and a half to cut him. Like, same Welcome with like, to social media. <laughs> going off of that too, if you're shitting on him for drinking beer, like you have real issues. You didn't I'm know sorry. the esophagus is connected to the ACL. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's Dude. so like reading those comments makes me dumber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, I can't stand it. Like you're not allowing a person to live out their life because they're having <laughs> setbacks on their injuries. Like get fucked. Yeah, they're going to act like they didn't just smash a 30-pack last Saturday. Okay. <laughs> Good for you. Oh, college football's back. Oh. Yeah, I've never on. seen that. I never knew that drinking beer affected your ACL. Like. Neither yeah. Um, so we'll start with the offense versus the Vikings defense. Um, for me, um, some of the things that I'm looking for from the Packers offense is obviously the health of the offensive line. But then I'm looking at Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I'm really, really interested to see what their split is actually going to be like and how many times they're going to be on the field at the same time. So last year, they only ran 24 plays with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones on the field at the same time. 15 of them were pass plays, and eight of them went to Aaron Jones. So when Jones and Dillon were on the field at the same time, um, it was 
essentially 67% passes, 33% runs, and most of the plays went to Aaron Jones. So I'm really interested to see how that turns out. And then the other thing I'm looking at is is Robert Tunyon not being on the injury report. So, um, Jake, I'll kick it to you. Who are What are you looking for on the Packers offense versus the Vikings defense? So I'm looking at the wide receivers since we have that new group and it was the talk of the offseason versus the awful, awful, equally way more worse awful defensive backfield of the Minnesota Way more worse awful. <laughs> I, I was just going to say a bunch of words. and You are a board. true wordsmith. People were going to understand my point, okay? So the Vikings last year gave up 4,300 passing yards as a, as a defense and 29 touchdowns, 224 first downs via the pass. Uh, we have Aaron Rodgers, the back-to-back MVP. Yes, I understand we don't have De- Devontae Adams, but if you haven't watched in recent years, Rodgers has been pretty good without Devontae Adams. We broke this down plenty of times. I'm sick and tired of having this conversation. Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers for a fucking reason, okay? Um, outside of that, I don't really got profanity. <laughs> I know, I know that we're going to be able to run the ball. I know even with the back of offensive line, I trust us to be able to run the ball. AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones are too good. They make people miss. They run people over. They do spin moves. They jukes. They do what they got to do. They're both household names for a reason. The wide receivers is really going to be the key. Sammy Watkins, in my opinion, is going to be a guy to watch. Week Simon, what are you looking Watkins. at for the Packers offense against the Vikings defense? Week one, Sammy Watkins, 180 yes, yards. Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> Daily fantasy pick right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, uh, you said health of the offensive line, but specifically for me it's going to be tackles uh, versus Zadarius Smith and um, Daniel Hunter. Then moving to a 4-3 defense, it's going to be a huge emphasis on keeping Rodgers upright in the offense. And I think that's going to be a huge key for the offense to be successful. Uh, their defensive line pass rush doesn't really scare me. Uh, I like their players as good run stuffers. <laughs> yeah. Dalvin Tomlinson and uh, the guy they picked up. Uh, I have his name one second. Um, uh, I didn't write it down because I'm. While idiot. you're looking that up, I'm. I just want to bring up the fact that Zadarius Smith. He's making all these comments like, "Oh, I signed with the Vikings to play the Packers twice a year," mm-hmm. when he was originally in agreement with a deal with the Ravens. Yeah. So Vikings were not his first choice. He did not go there to play the Packers twice a year. He's just saying that to make Vikings fans like him. Yeah. You want to know what I think really happened? Sorry, Brian. You want to know what I think really happened with Zadarius? Is they started having conversations with Lamar, and yeah. Lamar didn't know how much money he wanted. He didn't get. They didn't come to an agreement, by the way. So I think they were like, "Oh, we're gonna throw all this money at Lamar. Let's save a little coin just in case he asks for a bunch of blah blah blah." And they're like, let's pull the let's pull the offer on Zadarius. And then he went over to the other purple team, the way more lame purple team, in my opinion. I think what happened was he seen Von Miller get a big contract, and he's like, I'm not taking what they're offering me, and I'll see what's else out there because I think he got a little more too. money from the Vikings. Uh. But I want to say like, it really kind of sucks that there's this bad narrative around Zadarius Smith because. I think we all agree, like, Zadarius Smith helped change a little bit of the culture of what was going on uh-huh. in Green Bay. 100%. We all loved him. I love Zadarius Smith when he played uh-huh. for the Packers. Last uh-huh. year, whatever happened with the money, it was unfortunate. I get that. I don't know if he wanted his, his ass kissed every time he walked in the building or what was going on. But well, whatever. And then, that like, on top of, really, and then on top yeah. of that, being injured for the entire season yeah. doesn't help. Yeah. So And then going AWOL, like, he, they didn't know where he was for a while. He just left the team. Like, so it's not – it's not like he he's just innocent. They just totally t- treated him terrible. But I'll say uh, Z did a lot for our team, and he 
helped cha- uh, adjust the culture and brought in a fun culture. And Matt LaFleur started, you know, changing, you know, playing music at practice and just more like of a family instead of a structure. Right. So, and he helped with that. So if it sucks that we have them week one because I don't know that those two will stay healthy, but they are forced to be, those are two really good pass rushers. And if we don't have at least one of Elton Jenkins, Arbakari, Nyman and Newman, Nyman, I feel okay with that at left tackle. Newman at right tackle does not inspire me one bit. And that scares me. And um, so hopefully he can hold up and we get big dog out there helping. That's what uh, I was going to say. I think if, if Bakhtiari and Jenkins are out, I think you're going to see a lot more two tight ends. Yes. Yeah. Our, our uh, get AJ Dillon to come in there and play action and just smack one of them a couple times, you know, something like that. It's going to need to happen. But uh, so their pass rush will bring a little, definitely bring pressure. Eric Kendricks had like five sacks last year. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. So Simon, did you, you find that name? Simon? Say no, you guys basically took everything I was going to say. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was, yeah, Harrison Phillips was the guy they added. Oh, yeah, that's right. From Buffalo. As, uh, as he's going to play that nose tackle spot. Um, but yeah, you guys pretty much took everything I was gonna say, and it's cool. All right, I don't feel like you go first. Give me the give me the matchup that you're watching between Wait, the Brian Packers offense go. and the Vikings. Uh, well, I took all your stuff. You're going, yeah, go yeah, ahead, Brian. Everything he was gonna say. So. Well, you got anything else to add, Brian? No, I'll, I got my my stuff on this, but no, I, I, wasn't I just think giving uh, him the opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> you, go, you go ahead, Simon. I'll add mine when it's my turn. We're too oh, yeah, much in sync, so I'll say exactly yeah, what you're gonna I, say anyway. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's why I got it. That's why I got to alter okay, We saw on the offense versus defense. Yes, give yes. me the matchup oh, okay. that you're watching. Oh, the matchup. So, um, my matchup is since Lazard can't go, I, I feel like they're gonna try try the rookies a little bit more. So I'm really interested to see how they match up versus, in my opinion, a pretty kind of suspect secondary. You know, I like Harrison Smith, obviously that's, a baller. That's it. <laughs> I mean, it, it, yeah, Dantzler's not bad. Um, he's not good. He's not good. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it, I mean, it suspects. I think. I think I'm being nice. I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> uh, but I feel like we're gonna get the quick passing game going, um, mm-hmm. depending on the tackles and how they perform. If they can't give Rodgers a bunch of time, it'll be it'll be a lot of, a lot of a, quick Aaron hit. Jones and AJ Dillon yeah. too in the passing game. Get me started on my. Aaron Jones, 80 reception season. Bryant, what's the matchup that you're looking forward to? So the big matchup for me um, is Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon versus Eric Kendricks and Aaron Hicks. Um, I, or excuse me, Jordan Hicks. Uh, Jordan Hicks brings a little bit more speed to that second linebacker position for him. And with Lazar down, and we already, we've already we talked about this several times about how the running back should be um, – part of the you know <laughs> receiving core essentially so we'll see if they can get open consistently in the flats or when they get hit in the flats if they can get some yardage out of that so i want to see how they do um against um those two linebackers last year i didn't know uh the vikings really did have a pretty poor rush defense this is like 26 in the league or something like that so we'll see if those linebackers change it a little bit and the addition of phillips like simon asked if i'm the packers i run right at zadaria smith early and often and see if we can get around the edge. Um, Where's so, that stone? And then, you know, uh, and get them in, involved in the screen game quickly. Especially if Zedarius, you know he's going to pin his ears back and he wants to kill Aaron Rodgers. Throw some screens to his side right away. Make him over-pursue because he's he wants to sack Aaron Rodgers so badly. 
and then throw some screens off to his side or something like that. So run I that think play they that, that they run in the replacements where where he's like where Keanu Reeves is like except let Morris buy. And then he throws the football <laughs> off of his head, and then the big Asian guy catches it and rumbles for a touchdown. Let's run that <laughs> yes, play. exactly that play. So, but yeah, the linebackers versus our uh, our running backs versus their linebackers, I think, could be a huge uh, matchup. In this, Tim game. brought up Amari Rogers as well. Amari Rogers actually practiced with the running backs on Thursday. Yeah, that was so that's too. that's it is very interesting. So if it, you know Amari Rogers is getting into uh, getting into a Ty Montgomery type situation here. Um, Jake, what matchup are you looking forward to on the Packers offense versus the Vikings defense? So first, I'm going to answer Brian's question about the Vikings rushing defense. They gave up 2,222 yards, 15 touchdowns, 4.7 yard average, and 131 first downs given up by the Vikings defense. That's not very good when you couple it with their horrible pass defense. So they're not good on defense if you're catching my drift. My matchup I'm watching is yep, yep, yep. Um, is Aaron Rodgers versus Eric Kendricks. Um, Aaron Rodgers, obviously the quarterback leader of our team, uh, the ultimate captain, uh, back-to-back MVP, goat, whatever the hell you want to call him, hippie, long hair, looked good in a mustache. MVP. That's very rare. Nicholas um, Cade, doppelganger. Eric Kendricks is a very, very good linebacker. I'm and ready yes, to see that. Fans, he is better than Roquan Smith. I don't want to hear that anymore either, okay? Eric Kendricks is a very good linebacker, probably mm-hmm. top five, top three maybe off the top of my head. So they're they're going to be going head-to-head with their audibles and calling their plays. So that'll be a good matchup, I think. Rodgers has talked about Kendricks in the past. He respects his game. So uh, Rodgers hopefully wins that one. We'll see how the young receivers adjust with Rodgers. That'll be something to watch as well. That's, that's exactly the – the, the quote-unquote the matchup that I'm looking at is I'm looking at their first look without Devontae Adams. Obviously, the Packers mm-hmm. have played games without Devontae Adams in the past, mm-hmm. but they've never gone through an offseason where they're not preparing to work with Devontae Adams. They've mm-hmm. never had a, an offseason where they're like, okay, we don't have Devontae Adams anymore. It's not like he's going to miss you know a game or three or four like he has every season. He's mm-hmm. gone, gone, gone. So my the matchup that I'm watching is going to be just really what the passing game looks like without Devontae Adams, uh, whether it means more rushing, more screens, more receptions for the running backs, more receptions for the tight ends, or if somebody develops really good trust with Aaron Rodgers early in the first game. So that's the matchup that I'm looking for on the offense. So let's switch to the Packers defense versus the Vikings offense. I think this is where this is going to get really interesting. So um, Simon, what are you looking at for the Packers defense against the Vikings offense? Uh, I got <clears throat> kind of already talked a little bit about it, but I like uh, I like our defensive line versus their interior offensive line a lot. I think I think Kenny Clark, Clark's gonna have himself a day. Like Bradbury and their other guys are really just subpar. They're they're not. They returned four or five starters last year on a really bad they're, offensive yeah, line. Yeah, they're they not. Have a, they're they have not a rookie starting good. right guard. So yeah. Have fun with uh, that. Damn, what's his name? Um, I don't know. I'll find it. You keep going. Hold on, you know, it's it's. I got it. Ed Ingram. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I I just I have no faith that they're just gonna keep up with our guys. I, I think it'll be I interesting think to see what Jaron Reed does in that situation. Yeah. Whether they pay more attention to Kenny or if they try to you know balance it out and try to have one on ones or if they focus on one or the other. It'll be interesting to see. 
Please I think do the, one-on-ones. Please. I think their rotation will be really interesting too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like how, how they rotate between the guys. Yeah, for sure. Because oddly enough, I think Wyatt might be the odd man out almost. I think uh, Wyatt's gonna be plays. I think he'll I get think some he's gonna plays, be the fifth. But yeah, like he's Dude, he's, he's a fifth guy. And yeah. we took him in the first round knowing that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think he'll take a little bit of time to get going and stuff. But I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to that. Jake, what are you looking for for the Vikings offense against the Packers defense? <sighs> well, it's going to be very interesting. So, year one of Joe Barry's defense was a step up, I would say. It was fun. We forced a lot of turnovers. We had a lot of big momentum plays, you know, strip sacks. We obviously remember the back-to-back pick sixes from Rasul Douglas, which we posted on the page if you haven't seen that. Um, It's going to be interesting. The Vikings really, really like what Kevin O'Connell is bringing to the team. He's kind of bringing a younger mindset. He's refreshing. He's got a little bit of swag compared to the old Grandpa Zimmer. Um, but it's going to be very interesting. Um, we have Jair back this year for this matchup in Minnesota, so that is definitely an X factor, something to watch. Him on Justin Jefferson, kind of a – that's a really big heavyweight fight that everybody's going to be watching. Um, then, like I said, I mean, Kirk Cousins, yes, he's not that good, but he actually had a decent year last year. He threw under 10 interceptions, and he had the 34 touchdowns, so he had a good productive year. We know Dalvin Cook is a good running back, top five in the league just as a strictly as a runner. Um, so when you couple all that and then you give it an off a horrible offensive line, like Simon said, that kind of eliminates everything. I think our front seven will beat their front five. They have no tight end. I don't give a shit about Irv Smith Jr. I've been hearing about that guy since like 2002. It feels like <laughs> <laughs> and he is ass. Um, but Jefferson and Thielen always make it interesting. Like I said, Cousins is a good watch it Watch your profanity. He's going to have to play it a lot for me, by the way. Yeah. Um, I swear a lot. Man. I don't give a shit either. Okay, so watch your profanity. The, the Vikings offensive line is really what's going to kill this game. The decision they're going to have to make, and you brought up one-on-ones, do you double-team Kenny inside because he's going to absolutely manhandle your center? He was pushing Bradbury five, six yards in the backfield last year. It was embarrassing. Or yeah. do you double team Rashawn Gary, who's an absolute game wrecker? And then you bring up Preston Smith. I mean, this defense is loaded all over the place. And Barry talked about our defensive line being special. I was so, gonna say, you talked about all of that and all the guys who could potentially double team. And we didn't even mention Dean Lowry read six and a half sacks at, a, at all. You know, it's just like this defense is ridiculous. I've been hearing nothing but good things about the Vikings offense all offseason. Man, oh, man, would that be something if our defense goes in there and punches them right in the fucking mouth, huh? That would be something. <laughs> no, I will not. And I hope they do punch him in the mouth. Brian, what are you looking at in the Vikings offense against the Packers defense? So I'm pretty surprised that you y'all are pretty down on their offensive line. They only gave up 28 sacks last year or something like that. So they, they actually did play okay last year. Now, granted, Kenny Clark does own Bradbury, and they're like six matchups. He has four sacks. So I expect it. Uh, Kenny Clark now lined up with Jaron Reed um, to make some, you know, trouble. Now what I'm really interested in is now we have two linebackers that can fly around. I have a feeling we're going to be blitzing one of them more often than we would have last year. So um, I'm pretty interested in that. I'm pretty interested to see if Ja shadows Jefferson. Look, Jefferson is going to get his. He's a top three wide receiver in this league. Like mm-hmm. he's going to make, um, he's going to make plays. So 
I, I don't want to go too far ahead, but basically my, yeah, my, my, uh, my matchup I'm watching is, uh, Kenny Clark versus Bradbury, but, uh, for that portion. So, uh, I, I really want to see what Kenny Clark does with some help next to him, or maybe Kenny Clark, you know, gets more attention and Jaron Reed comes in and starts, you know, introduces himself to the Packers fan base with a sack or two. And then, uh, I, th- I think people are underestimating Rashawn Gary do that at your own peril. I think he's going to, he's, he's look at, he was held out all preseason. He's so jacked up. He tackled Amari Rogers off the sidelines, but like this dude's ready to hit somebody. It sounds like he was killing the saints. Um, when they came, came in. So I expect him to get a sack and get one early. Um, it so. sounded like too, during like all of Packers training camp too, that they couldn't keep him out of the backfield. Like yeah. the offense, like whenever Gary was on the field, like they could not handle Rashawn Gary. Yeah, Bakhtiari um, really talked about like Aaron Rodgers throwing his little tenter trams and looking up at the sky because Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith were constantly in his face and yeah. his defense was constantly making things hard for him. So I'm definitely watching this pass rush against them. And then I'm watching um, uh, to see if Ja will shadow. So okay, that's so the matchup that I'm watching is is Justin Jefferson and Jair Alexander. What's up, Jake? I just wanted to point this out. I forgot to say this. You know, we talked all about Kenny Clark. We talked about Rashawn Gary. In the two games last year between the Vikings, we had three sacks. They were all by Preston Smith. Hmm. So remember he, that. People lose on him, like how they do. actually they do. solid of a pass rusher he is. That's mm-hmm. why, like, I always say it, too, when we're talking about Zedarius and Preston, that I think Preston is the more complete linebacker, even though Zadarius is the better pass rusher. Oh, 100%. But Preston Smith is still a good pass rusher. He's just better at defending than the run than Zadarius is. Um, so for me, I'm watching the matchup between Justin Jefferson and Jair Alexander, um, partially because I know we had a few situations last year where Eric Stokes got beat by Justin Jefferson a couple of times. And then as far as Bryant's question about is Jair going to follow Jefferson, I think – in high pressure situations, I think he will. Um, first and second down, if they audible and move him across the field, and it's a first and 10 or say a second and 15 after a penalty or something like that, I don't think they're going to worry about it as much. And then they, that might be where they try to conserve some energy for Jair. But when you get into, say, like a third and seven or at the goal line or in the fourth quarter in a one score game, I think that's where you see Jair Alexander stay with Jefferson no matter where he goes. Jake, what's the matchup you're watching? So I talked a lot about uh, this defense, all levels, and their captain is Joe Barry. So I'm watching Joe Barry. He is. I'm watching Joe Barry versus Kevin O'Connell. That's going to be interesting. Hmm. Uh, Year two of Joe Barry. Uh, I'm wondering if they're going to add a few more wrinkles in there, some little extra blitzes, maybe confuse Cousins a couple times. Um, And Kevin O'Connell. Line up under the guard. Yeah. He maybe Kevin can stop him from doing that. Uh, Kevin comes from the Rams tree. Uh, obviously, they like to sling that son of a bitch. Uh, Matthew Stafford did a very poor job of that last <laughs> night. <laughs> uh, Stafford was horrible last night. I predict that Cousins will have two interceptions this game. That is not part of my Simon says. That's just strictly how I feel. Um, I think Jair is getting one, by the way. And uh, that's going to be interesting. Kevin O'Connell versus Joe Barry is going to determine this game. Simon, what's your matchup that you're watching? So off those two interceptions, um, I think there was a couple uh, drop picks last year. I think uh, Darnell Savage had a drop pick. 
uh, in the game, and, and I think he also Stokes had one, had one too. He also had one called back as a penalty in that That's game. What it, that was another one. He, yeah, he also had a drop pick, though. He had a drop pick, and he had one called back as a penalty. Weren't those, um, weren't those like back-to-back plays or something like that? They were very close. Uh, yeah, they happened they like really close. close together, I thought. I'd have to look at my notes from last year. <laughs> um, all right, so Jake doesn't have the the mustache or the or the jacket yet. I tried so let... hard, dude. We went – you know, I can't go to fucking St. Vincent's any fucking more, dude. I'm sick and tired of looking at these stupid, weak-ass toys from 1924, bro. God. It's the same creepy what, doll what standing size, there. What size do you need? I will look for you. No, I ordered one online. Oh, okay. I went. I went and got like fitted for like a jacket, and then like like it's gonna be here, and then I'm gonna do just mustache. It's gonna be awful. But anyway, gonna shave it all. Oh, except the mustache. Oh, that's except gonna look horrible, dude. I can't. <laughs> bro, bro, I love my grandpa, but god damn it, I'm gonna look just like him, and it's not a good look. It's gonna look so bad, dude. It's gonna look horrible. But anyways, uh, I have no weather. To report because the Vikings play in a dome because they're giant vaginas. But they do, they do have that annoying ass horn. Matt Lafleur talked about it. He said that annoying horn, and I'm, I'm, I hope that the Packers defense just shuts them down because I'm not looking forward to, to, to hearing that thing all day. Well, if if the Vikings lose, this is going to be, this is going to be the new horn. <laughs> That's gonna be the new one. Um, so from there, let's go to X factor. So Simon, give me your your X factor. X factor. Oh, I kind of already talked about it, but it's gonna be it's probably it's gonna be the young wide receivers. I, I think there's gonna be a lot of implementation of different players and stuff. Um, and that, I include Amari Rogers on that too. It'll be interesting to see how they implement him in the offense. And I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of guys getting touches. Like there's not going to be one guy that gets a disgusting game out of this. So oh, that's my X factor. Bryant, who is your X factor? So now that we know that Robert Tunyon is healthy, I kind of, I have him as like an under the radar X factor in the red zone and on third down, I really think that um, that Aaron Rodgers is going to look for him when in those high pressure situations, him and Randall Cobb really will be um, the, the, the kind of, you can't really say that Randall Cobb is under the radar. Cause I feel like he's probably going to be targeted several times this game because of Lazard being up. But, um, exactly. But I think with uh, Robert Tony coming back, he's probably going to have a package of plays. He's probably going to play like 50% of the snaps maybe. Um, but I feel like those are going to be reserved for third downs where we know we're throwing, uh, and, and into the red zone. So uh, I think he, he, I have him marked down as my, um, red, uh, my X factor under the radar X factor. So Jake, who is your X factor? Well, I talked about him before, but it's Sammy Watkins. Um, he's going to be the guy, especially with, uh, Alan Lazard out, by the way, I took my notes before the Alan Lazard news. Um, but Sammy Watkins is just – he's going to be an X-Factor all season, not just in this game, but he's going to be especially big in this game. You know, you got two young guys. you got Tanya coming off an injury. 
Uh, you don't really have many options after that. I mean, it's really just Sammy Watkins and Aaron Rodgers trying to get on the same page. They're both veterans. So I think they'll be able to do something. So I went and I kind of had a feeling this might have been how this was going to go. You guys would all pick Packers players. I actually picked Kirk Cousins as the X factor of this game because I think it's really going to come down to how the Packers can uh, get in the backfield consistently. Um, if they can throw Cousins off of his rhythm uh, and if you can um, and get to him before he's ready to get the ball out of his hands. So if you can get the Cousins before he has the chance to get the ball downfield to Jefferson or to find Adam Thielen in the red zone because that seems to be where he's always successful. Um, so if they can cap the Vikings offense by constantly being in the backfield, I think that's really where the Packers could could create an advantage for themselves against an actually good offense. So something kind of crazy about uh, Kirk Cousins is like four of his eight la- games against us, he's thrown for – like 300 plus yards and three touchdowns. And now for Aaron Rodgers last four games against the Vikings, he's averaged 330 yards and 3.25 touchdowns. So over three touchdowns a game. So although we both teams think their defense is going to be better this year, this could be like, this is going to be a good test for our defense. And I think it could turn into a shootout, but I agree, Jake, if we can pressure Kirk cousins and get him to make some mistakes. Yeah. That'd be huge. That was Tyler. My name's Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Tyler. You look so much alike. Oh, both ugly. Yeah. <laughs> You're a bastard. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. <laughs> it wasn't All right. me. I wasn't the one that got it. <laughs> Brian's on a hot streak lately, man. Um, all right, Brian, give me your key to victory, and then I'm going to uh, minimize your screen so it'll just be three people on. <laughs> All right, so it's funny because I, I just gave that stat, but I think the key to victory is we need to, and we've did we've done a good job of it. It has always led to success, but we need to make them essentially one dimensional. I think we need to do strength for strength. If we can slow down Dal, uh, Dalvin Cook and make you know make him throw to win the game, they can do that. They're good at throwing the ball. Their strength is going to be throwing the ball. But I want to see now that we have Jaw on the field and he's going to be up against Jefferson. If you know if we can take away some of those windows and it's not as successful. So uh, I would say we need to – our key to victory will be stop the run and uh, make them throw against our secondary and basically try to keep them behind the sticks. If, we, if you know, they're running on first down, it's always second and eight, you know, second and nine, second and seven, or, you know, anything less than three yards is considered a good stop on a run. So if we can make them throw to beat us and see if they can beat our secondary, like I said, Justin Jefferson is going to get his. But if we can limit Dalvin Cook and not let Justin Deverson go for 168 yards or whatever it was against, I mean, he went against a rookie and some other people. Jaw is going to change that a little bit. Adding Quay Walker, someone that brings some more speed and coverage, is going to help that a little bit. So if we can make them throw to beat us, I think um, that will allow our pass rushers to pin their ears back and get after Kirk and make him make quick decisions, kind of like you were talking about, Tyler. So uh, my my key to victory is making. <laughs> my key to victory is making them one-dimensional essentially he thought about it for a second too there it is <laughs> jake what is your key to victory all right so i'm pretty similar um football hasn't changed a lot you know in how many ever years it's been around now running the ball is very vital so 
Stopping Delvin Cook, who is one of the top running backs in the NFL, will be very important on Sunday. Containing Cook, I said hold him around 90 to 100 yards. I think that's doable um, he, because, you know, when you say like 100 yards, you're like, oh, my God, it's a pretty good day. But he's a guy that could just take a 70-yarder and go right to the house, and all of a sudden he's on track for 150 yards, you know. So contain Cook, and I also have, have one wide receiver have a day. If that's Sammy Watkins, if it's Randall Cobb, if it's Robert Tunyon, if it's, you know, Aaron Jones as a receiver, we need to have one guy take the pressure off the running game a little bit, make Rodgers feel comfortable, make the defense kind of play to that. So contain Cook, have one guy have a game. We could do that every game for 20 weeks. We could be a pretty goddamn good team. Simon, what's your key to victory? Uh, scoring more points than the other team. <laughs> you bastard. I knew somebody was going to fucking do it. I knew somebody was going to do it. Watch your profanity. I knew somebody was going to do it, man. Gonna, All right, like, for, for real. <laughs> for real, though, this game. Hey, funny. that doesn't suck. <laughs> no, I will never do that. Uh, real, it's going to be winning the trenches. Uh, this game is going to be all about who can rattle the other team's quarterback or, uh, you know, stop the run like you guys are saying. And uh, I like I like the matchup we have versus Dalvin Cook. I know last year we gave up less than 100 yards rushing total between the two games last year. Yep. So I, I kind of like our ability to stop the run. So if we can slow down, you know, Justin Jefferson as best as we can because Dude's a monster. Um, that I feel like I feel like we can win the game, um, but it's all about stopping their pass rush from getting to Rodgers too. He's uh, his uh, under pressure stats last year were not thirtieth in the league, not great. Yeah, not great. So, um, yeah, that's my key to victory. So for me, it kind of ties into what you guys were saying, especially you, Simon, talking about like you're not going to stop Cook and Jefferson, but you're looking to contain or limit so for me i'm looking to limit big plays not giving up those 30 40 yard plays not giving up those long touchdowns if you can do that limit those big plays uh and and force fewer possessions in the game and control time of possession uh, i think that benefits the packers so that's what i'm looking for is is limiting big plays limiting possessions and controlling the time of possession by doing so Dog, I really thought you were gonna bring up third downs. I was waiting for it. I was like, Tyler's gonna talk about third it's, down. 100%. It's the first game of the season. Like, we gotta get we gotta get a sample size going before I can start. All right, so by week five, down. Tyler's X Factor will be always third down. That's <laughs> week five is generous. It'll probably be two weeks before that. <laughs> so we won't have to worry about it against Chicago. Yeah. So <laughs> good point. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to go first for my score prediction. I kind of agree with Bryant on what he said about the fact that this could end up turning into a high-scoring game despite my X factor, my key to victory being to limit big plays. But I'm going to go with 31-28 Packers, uh, Packers by a field goal. Um, I don't think this is going to be a blowout either way. Um, but I think it's going to be a close game, and I'm going to go 31-28 Packers. So, Simon, what is your score prediction? Hmm. I already, <laughs> I already told you guys. I, I think we dropped this one. I, I think we lose twenty-seven, twenty-four. I think the Packers' yeah. offense gets uh gets off on a slow start. Um, the tackle play worries me. Whether even if they're back, you know, they haven't played in a while. Jenkins is coming off a uh, torn ACL, Bakhtiari's setbacks and stuff, and I don't know how rusty they're going to be. Yeah, he's been out two and, and a half years. That we're going against healthy, <laughs> like pretty good pass rushers 
Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, so I, I think we drop this one by three. I think I think it'll be a close game either way. I, I could honestly, I think we could win this game too. It's it's a fifty fifty draw. Uh, Vikings always always play us hard, yeah. and I, if we're, we're in home, Minnesota probably, too. That's yeah, I, I, I'd probably pick us at home. If, it's uh, if it was a week one. So game. this is I'm gonna I'm gonna defend your assignment because I know like people are gonna expect us to pick the Packers every single week. Um, and we predicted the records, and we none of us predicted the Packers to go seventeen and zero. Um, and you know it's going to be a situation where, you know, we want to be realistic. And even though Simon is predicting the Packers to lose this game by three, we are still talking about, and we still have talked about all the ways the Packers can win this game, even though this is one that Simon has the Packers predicted to lose. So, Jake, what's your score prediction? <laughs> so, first of all. The Vikings always play us tough, you know, 37 to 10. Yeah. Oh, come on, that's man. That's, that's, tough, man. You know? that's, that's not even 37 fair. to 10, Sean Mannion is dog. Yeah, what a man. tough game. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> that, that, oh, Sean Mannion is dog go. shit, When you man. said that, I was like, dude, we literally fucking dog walked their ass last game we played. Are you serious? <laughs> I, 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 I will regardless of Sean Mannion playing and stuff, Aaron Rodgers played that game like perfectly though he was just straight up and down the field the whole game so i i do think we win that game anyways regardless I mean, of cousins played or not if you haven't watched our show, you sure about that? yes i gave rogers stats uh versus the nfc north you know in oh his yeah career. it's disgusting pretty damn good um and his his latest comments which was very savage talking about how every team in the division's goal is to beat us and our goal is to win the Super Bowl, which is very, very true. So, Simon giving them a early Christmas present in Minnesota, as they'll they're, they'll get our split. Um, so Vegas has the and they'll celebrate like they own us. Yeah, yeah, they will. Well, Larson will. <laughs> <laughs> um, Vegas has the odds at Packers minus one and a half. So if you pay attention to betting, they usually give home teams three points. So to me, that seems like the Packers are favored by four points, right? The over-under is 47. I pick Packers by four points, kind of what Vegas has given us, 24 to 20. Hmm. All right. Bryant, what's your score prediction? Yeah, me and Simon are in sync, except for I have the winner uh, different. But for to kind of like what you were saying, Tyler – we know that every year it's almost essentially a split with Minnesota. Now this year I have, I'm a little more optimistic because they're coming in there with a rookie head coach. I know they're all very excited. Mm-hmm. We've seen those challenges with Matt LaFleur. Granted, we yeah. finished 13 and three that Literally year. Finished firsthand, but yeah. um, so we'll see what happens that we might, we might have that advantage that, you know, he's kind of still cutting his teeth and people will see how he does. And he's we'll never been can... a play caller before. Yeah. Kevin we'll O'Connell. He's can... never called plays. So, yeah. So, and that could be a good thing for us because um, he's new at it, or it could be a bad thing for us because we don't know what to expect exactly from him. Right. So um, we'll see what happens. I think we could sneak it out. I have a sneaking it out. Just know this about me. I played baseball. I'm so superstitious. I'll never pick against the Packers. When I give a season prediction, I'll say, yeah, I think we're going like 12 and five, but week to week, 17 and 0 for me. I'll never pick against them. <laughs> as, that's just something I, you, like, I, I'll as, admit that I'm superstitious. Like bears week. I, I use Mio Energy. One of them is colored orange. I will not drink it that week. That's how superstitious I am. It's oh, from playing I got baseball. Some, yeah. Like I, I'm just insane. Like, okay, so I have us winning 27-24, hopefully on a last second Crosby field goal. I think Jake? it's gonna be a very close game. I think it's gonna be a very competitive game. 
we normally chalk it up for a split. Now, if we can sneak this one out, I think we might get them this year and sweep them. So it's a good thing that we're playing them early because the coach is still getting their feet, uh, you know, feet wet or whatever. But it's also yeah. bad because they're healthy and we're not completely healthy, or we might not be completely healthy yet. We got to see what comes out of. It's a it's a um, good test for the defense yeah. too to see, you know, exactly. we're we're talking about what this defense could be, and now this is our first chance to get a look at it. Um, Jake is so superstitious during Bears Week that he actually doesn't talk to chicks that do fake tans because um, he's not afraid of orange during Bears Week. So. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So I actually do have something on superstition. So the year we won the Super Bowl, this is kind of gross, but I'm just going to say it on live anyways. I wore the – so we, we had to play the Bears, right, to go in – to make it in the playoffs. I wore the same underwear, the same shorts, the same jersey, and the same socks every playoff game. That's and we nasty. ate the same dinner until we won the fucking Super Bowl. I, I you, thought you were going to say you wash them in between. <laughs> nope, did not wash them. I took okay. them off in the same so, spot in my bedroom every fucking week. So dude. I'll do That's the same nasty. thing, but I'll wash my I'll wash my underwear because I ain't a stank ass. Nope, bro, fuck yeah. <laughs> but, we were trying to win the fucking title, But dog. I will make sure after those, those are washed, I'll, make sure I put them, I'll put them to the side. And I'll, now my undershirt, I won't wash because I only wear it for a few hours. I take it off with bro, my jersey. You only wear the up, underwear wear the for a few one. hours. What are you doing? Just shit in your pants every game? What's wrong with you? I wear my underwear all day I wait yeah you you change your underwear <laughs> after the game before i, I changed oh for, for, for the playoffs i wore the same i changed into those underwear oh that's not game. that bad then i thought you were like at first no i, I didn't wear like all. i wore that shit every day for <laughs> no, no, two no, no, weeks. not for like fucking two months straight no <laughs> i was Dude, like that I, is, no, I just took them off that is next level there's no way you're living with a woman at this point right Oh no, I was in high school, okay. bro. Living with my, it was just me and my dad, bro. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. I did have a girlfriend though. She thought I was disgusting, but I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why. You, hey, Shannon was not that good. Okay, let's just admit that. <laughs> Shannon wasn't that good. I wasn't supposed to stay with her, anyways. That's mean. I don't care. Screw her. <laughs> Damn. She didn't like my stinky underwear. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. We're excited because now with our previews, um, we have a, a new segment that we're going to call Simon Ooh. Says. And basically what it's going to be is uh, Jake, Bryant, and myself making semi-bold predictions and then pointing them to Simon. And Simon is going to say the likelihood that it happens. So 100%. Bryant apparently is super excited for this segment because he came ready to go with a bunch of them. So I'm going to let Bryant go first. <laughs> okay. So my first prediction is now that Lazard is out, the rookie wide receivers combined for 150 yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> is that what you had? I have I have Dubs and Watson both catch a touchdown. Oh, okay. okay. Nice. Uh, yeah, I've got to I've got to go like 20 percent, ten. Oh, like you're that. way higher than my buddies last night. Holy yeah, shit! That's so. <laughs> that's not gonna happen. There's no way. There's so Jake, if since you said you're going to take that one, my other one was uh, that I had written down was a wide receiver not on the active roster leads the team in receiving yards. No, so Juwan Winfrey. You're taking Juwan Winfrey. Oh, yes. Juwan Winfrey zero. Zero. <laughs> zero. That's not going to happen. Okay. That was Jake. One, give give me your Simon Says prediction. I thought I Brian had like four of them. Yeah. Apparently, he only had two. I have two more. You want me to keep going? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, just, let going. Brian, just let Brian. Just let Brian. Sean Gary man. comes out with three sacks week one. 
Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> Three? Okay, after that answer, if he'll have four. That's what I'll, I'll, go, I'll go like 30%. I, I think there's a decent shot he could do that's it. That's fair. Okay, and then the last one, I have each running back rushes for over 100 yards. Oh, Ooh. No, uh, like five. That's a good one. <laughs> Damn, that was, I think that one's. Uh, I, I I don't think that's. I don't think they're gonna get enough carries between. Yeah, but that, it's just, it's just the, the way we run the offense and how slow. Our I guess pace I could have done all-purpose yards, but that I could be more on board with. I, I could I could actually see that. Um, but 100 rushing yards apiece, no, no shot. There's right, no so way. Those, we those are my four that I was writing down. So all right, Jake, what do you got for five. Simon Says? All right, well, I have Rashawn Gary will have four sacks. Jesus Christ, less like <laughs> 10, 15, Dude, man. I, I love Rashawn Gary this year. I do, and I, I'm not super high on either Darisaw or um, uh, O'Neal. O'Neal, thank you. I've, I have the names written down. I just I had to click off. Um, I'm not super high on them. You know, uh, you know I, I think I it'll feel... be tough. <clears throat> You know how I feel when it comes to um, the Vikings offensive line? Here it is. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> is it the stupid horn? Nobody cares! Nobody cares! You're going to be mediocre this year. They're also super dependent on Derisaw and uh, a couple other guys being better than they were last year. Yeah. Bradbury um, was terrible. Yeah, last Bradbury year. is dog. My uh, <laughs> dog, you sound like not in a good way, bro. Um, my buddies yeah, last night, I was online with Jason and Alex for a few hours, and they just laughed at me. <laughs> there was like, "There's no fucking way, there's no way that Gary has four sacks." I was like, "Dude, imagine the." I don't legendary... think it's an. I don't think it's impossible. Chandler, what, was, what was his name? Uh, Arizona's pass rusher last year came Chandler out five Jones. week one. Chandler, Chandler Jones, yeah, that's Chandler it. Jones. I was like, five it can week. happen, bro. If they, what, if they decide uh, to take away Kenny Clark, um, give Gary one on ones. What Von Miller have last night? Two and a half, three. Yeah, two, two. two? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not impossible. I think four is a little much. Three. Be, I, I could. This is gonna be Rashawn Gary just come out. <laughs> Man, you were looking for an excuse to play I, that one. So yeah, I would love. I would love for that to happen. Um, my <laughs> last one is Aaron Jones scores three touchdowns all on the ground. Hmm. Oh, oh no, I'm not. No, fucking like four, five percent, four percent, four percent. I would be thoroughly yes, surprised. Four percent. There's no way. I, I, just, I can't. When's the last time he ran for three touchdowns? Dallas a couple years ago. Probably Detroit. no. He did against he the Vikings last year. I thought. Oh, he had three total touchdowns. I think against. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like Didn't rushing, three rushing a touchdowns against Detroit. No, he had two receiving. Oh. I'm thinking of the yeah, COVID year. I think he had like three up. against Minnesota or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. All rushing, right. no. Three total touchdowns? Yeah. I, I might be a little more on board with that. That I, was I think too he easy. Know. He's done yeah, that a lot. Four percent. Four percent. I'm going to give you one that's super low, and then I'll give you my other one that I think is a little more possible. Um, the Vikings do not score a touchdown. All their points come on field goals. Whoa. No, uh, four and a half percent. Low, <laughs> low man. I, I, I think there's way too much firepower in that offense to to do that. Uh, like, yeah, 
three percent. I just say, right. so I think it, it, someone's gonna score on that offense. I'm they giving the challenge. I'm giving a sixty nine percent is my goal for this one, but um, <laughs> okay. my my main one is that Aaron Rodgers throws for four touchdowns. Ooh, I don't think that's half bad actually. I, I I could see a good 50, 60 percent, sixty nine, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think that's that bad. Have you seen the last twelve games of Aaron Rodgers versus NFC North? It's disgusting. It's pretty it's good. Like thirty eight touchdowns, zero interceptions. Zero thirty two. Yeah, yeah. Thirty eight touchdowns, zero interceptions, thirty three hundred yards. So you're averaging over three touchdowns a game. Zero interceptions versus the NFC North. Yeah, That's like I disgusting. Said, so I actually, I, I don't. I would say six if sixty nine percent. That is, I'm <laughs> yeah. feeling that. I am feeling that. I, I, I don't, Those I don't mind goals, goals. So oh, like I, I said earlier, I know, I know you guys asked me, but I'll let you answer one. I have Jones and Dylan have four touchdowns together, total. Ooh, I'd go. I think I go like twenty five on that. I, I think it's perfectly within it. It also, I, I'm that's why I'm so interested to see how they're going to run this offense mm-hmm. with both of them on the field at one time and how much mm-hmm. how much they get them on the field. Because if they do that a lot this season, I could see them both. And I know when we did our Wisco League on fantasy football, I took AJ Dillon. I think he, him and uh, AJ or Jesus Christ, Aaron Jones. I think are both going to be really good running backs for fantasy. I know fantasy, whatever, but. You know, I, I think they're both going to be used, utilized a lot this year. I'll uh, give it's, that it's a ten really like percent. Yeah, ten percent. It's a really small sample size of them being on the field at the same time. But like I said, the twenty-four plays that they ran with them on the field at the same time, fifteen were pass plays. But if you're talking so, about getting your best players on the field right. at one time, I, I can foresee <clears throat> them utilizing that a lot this year, especially without yes. arguably Aaron Rodgers' most trusted receiver, which is Alan Lazard. Um, I, I said it multiple times that I think Aaron Jones is the next guy as far as trust for Aaron Rodgers is concerned. So, um, I mean, when you're looking at it that way, and we know that actually Aaron Jones surprised, I would say, all of us with his receiving ability last year. I don't think any of us would have expected him to catch 35 passes last year. A.J. Dillon, you meant. A.J. Dillon. That's, that's what I meant. Yeah. Um, AJ Dillon being being a better pass catcher than we expected him to be. Um, like I said, I don't think any of us expected him to have 35 receptions last year. So I was having this argument with someone a while back. Uh, I don't remember who it was. It was some someone on the internet. So I don't know how much you really someone count that. Incoherent, yeah. yeah. No so I said, no. I said AJ Dillon has better hands than DeAndre Swift. Some He's of the catchers I've seen him make. Yeah, that's a good catch rate. That's interesting. Look at that's some. I, I think there's a solid argument you could make for that. Greg's about to fume in the comments. <laughs> it might have been him I was arguing with. <laughs> I'm gonna say yeah, this. I know what he can. But I think that I think you could make a viable argument for that. I mean, like, oh, like I said, the catch percentage would support you, but then you're gonna have people being like, "Oh, what's the average depth of target and all that?" Um, I mean, it's worth worth checking so look into. At some I mean, of the catch. There's like a. Like a leaping catcher, a toe time. Like an, I remember Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon had one ridiculous catch for sure last last year along the sidelines, or I, I couldn't believe he caught it. 
I think he was he had to jump up board or something. I'll have to look for the play, but he's showing like and even Aaron Rodgers is talking about when they did that like game script. Um this last not this week in practice, but the week prior that um there was one drive that Dylan had four catches alone on that drive and he said two of them were terribly throwing balls and he still caught it. So just his hands is for like how big he is, he has such soft hands. Yeah. Yeah, well, a terribly thrown ball by Aaron Rodgers is a good throw for 90% of the league. I'm just going to say that. That's yeah. touche. I will um, say, as far as we're talking on the A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones thing, we all keep getting tongue-tied on it. And it's like Aaron, like Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, there's too many A's and J's because like you could call Aaron Jones A.J. because those are his initials. And then you have A.J. Dillon. It's just a, a clusterfuck of names in the backfield. But go ahead, Jake. Uh, he's going at you. I'm just going to say I this. I <laughs> So I brought this up on Wednesday about the 21 personnel. They ran it a lot less last year because, in my opinion, they didn't trust. And like us, they didn't really know if A.J. Dillon was able to catch the ball like a Jamal Williams was the year prior, where they ran it probably about 25% of the time we ran 21 personnel. So we always had multiple running backs on the on the field because we could put Devontae out there and he could pretty much do whatever he wanted to do. This year, I still think 21 personnel will be big. Putting both your best players, your best running backs on the field will be absolutely massive. I want to see how Simon's going to answer this Greg Rice question here. What do you got, Simon? What do you say? I missed it. So Greg asked if we're going by volume, total receptions, yards. What's the dynamic? No, I, I yeah, I mean, it was just, uh, it was just, I don't, I didn't really have a metric for it. I just, I just like AJ Dillon's hands. Like he showed a lot last year. And I mean, so he you're had being a, a homer, making stuff up. Yeah, yeah, no, sure. Swift look at well, Swift has Swift has more um opportunity, but AJ Dillon, I think what Simon is saying is AJ Dillon, like his ability to catch the ball, like make those turnaround catches and those leaping catches and some of those like he just has better hands, I think is what yeah. Simon says. Not necessarily That's, that he's gonna yeah. catch more balls or anything like that, because no Swift is gonna have the more opportunities than AJ Dillon likely. But so that's what he's getting at, I think. I'm I'm just gonna pull him up. I'm gonna I'm gonna put them in the comparison. I actually think Dylan will be close. You know, Swift is gonna miss probably about six, seven games. So true. And I'm that's not even trying to pick game. on injuries, but that's well, just what his history has been. That's why it's like a situation where um like I would actually look more at like games, like per game basis as opposed mm-hmm. to totals, just because yeah. like the the games played are gonna be yeah. it's tough because different. you know when Swift is on the field, he's gonna get more opportunity because uh, he's gonna have that um he's gonna have that share way higher than um Jamal Williams. Right. Yeah, that snap share, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, he definitely owns a snap share over uh, Jamal Williams. Yeah, I mean Swift is a good player. He just yeah, I like stay Swift. on the field, man. Yeah, he had a he had a rough year last year. Yeah, hopefully he stays healthy this year. Yeah, I like DeAndre Swift. I think he's a hell of a player. Oh, this is interesting. So, I always want the other team to be healthy. So, so AJ, this is actually going to be pretty good comparison because AJ Dillon has played twenty eight games. DeAndre Swift has played twenty six. So, Ooh. like the totals are going to be actually pretty decently be able to compare um so deandre swift has way more receptions um he only has four receiving touchdowns aj Dillon has 36 receptions to deandre swift's 108 so deandre swift has three times as many receptions but only two times as many touchdowns um Yards per reception is the interesting thing here. So DeAndre Swift averages 7.5 yards per reception. AJ Dillon averages 9.3. Hmm. And Dillon barely runs the first person open. <clears throat> well, that's that's yeah. receiving yards per 
reception. So that's yeah. you know. Well, people are always making their business decisions decisions when they run out AJ Dillon like that. Yeah. Like, you really want? <laughs> I ain't trying. I'm just gonna. I'm not gonna tackle those legs. That ain't happening. <laughs> legs it's are bigger than my torso. <laughs> the wind is hurting me. What is that <laughs> guy gonna do? <laughs> All right, so let's see here. I'm looking for yeah. I'm looking for catch percentage. Dylan is a very very Dylan's solid. like 92 yeah, percent catch percentage. DeAndre DeAndre Swift's is 80. Oh wow, that's actually higher than I thought it was too. AJ Dylan is 92.3. So yeah. he does have a uh, a higher catch percentage. Um, Good. Let's see. I want to find like average depth of target. <clears throat> but yeah, I, th- I don't think that Simon was saying that um, Dylan will have more yards receiving or anything than uh, no. Swift. I think he just meant like pure ability to catch the ball. Yeah. Well, if you take their, you know, average yard, yards of depth and you take, uh, you know, and you multiply right. it by how many times that Swift is touching the ball, I mean, you can really make an argument that Dylan is a better pass catcher. And I will definitely say 100% that he's 100% a better goal line running back option. I, I got to say, their average depth of target cannot be that much different. Um, Chris, well, no. Dylan, Dylan has a lot of screen passes, so his is actually pretty low. Um, I, t- I told your brother to show up. Forgive him. He He's a little mentally challenged. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. He immediately um, licked the window after he typed that. So, wow, that's interesting. So the average depth of target for uh, AJ Dillon is around one and a half yards. For DeAndre Swift, it's actually more like 0. 0.5. Wow. wow. That's so actually... DeAndre Swift is even closer to the line. <laughs> Oh, oh you know what's funny is I was gonna say that too. <laughs> I can see it. He's sitting, at, dude. He's sitting on his couch with his ACH on right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has it on backwards too. You know, so just... <laughs> For those that don't know, that's the Army Combat helmet. So. <laughs> he's also in the military. So. <laughs> so oh God, they're just a military family over there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so yeah, I mean the I mean the comparison is fair, honestly. Um, it's just DeAndre Swift when he's on the field is just targeted way more heavily. Um, yeah. But it, when it comes to to efficiency, um, they're pretty even. Um, and and AJ Dillon even a little more efficient um, <clears throat> in in certain things like catch percentage and a little bit longer average depth of target and then um, a little bit higher yards per reception. So you know it's you know. AJ Dillon has 37 career receptions, um, or 36 career receptions. He'll double um, that this year. Ooh, I can see that. His first year, he he only had what four catches one. or something. He had one catch. Bro, oh, he barely got on the field. Oh, I know. We, he was, he we was didn't see him until like the Titans game. Yeah, and then it was all handoffs because nobody. I meant he could double his total. I don't think he's gonna have 60. You mean he's gonna have 36 catches. this year? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Well, we've got our first preview in the books. Um, next weekend's show could potentially be live on Sunday morning. That's what we're leaning towards. So, you know, we're all toting that we're going to have every Friday live shows, but uh, might have to make an exception next week with Simon and Bryant actually in town for the game. 
Um, so we might be looking at a Sunday morning show next week live on Packers Sunday. But uh, I want to thank everybody that watched and everybody that uh, added some comments. Um, is there anything else you guys want to throw out there before we hop off? I'm just so damn excited. Go Pack and, Go, and Everyone, like, take a deep breath after this week, no matter how it plays out. You always know there's overreactions week one. Take a deep breath. <laughs> Gives you chills. Oh, I just love screaming that with 79,000 of my Bro, how, I want to say brothers. this. How lucky are we that we get to go to a stadium and we get to hear that? And then you listen to what happened to the Rams last night. Those dudes won a Super Bowl, and there's just as many Buffalo Bill fans in that stadium. L.A. does More. not deserve a football team. They and certainly don't deserve to. I'm sorry. They, just, this is, this is I mean, Rams like, host. Yeah. That's like Genius. last year when the Cardinals were undefeated and you could hear Go Pack Go chants in Arizona. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a few fan bases that travel better than others. Bills, Packers, Steelers, Cowboys, sadly. You know, Mex- Northeast Mexico's team, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, you know, there's a couple. <laughs> <laughs> the right, well, thing, okay? We will, we will be Dallas back Vatos. next weekend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it will be back. Can I say that? Weekend. Are we canceled? Uh, We're probably canceled now. Time is canceled. You're fired. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> all right. Well, we will be back next weekend, potentially all together. Um, so thanks, everybody, for watching and for commenting along. We will see you guys next week. Vikings suck. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.